Okay, welcome to Offshore to Profits, and we have an interesting topic. As I have been informed uh, from our own marketing team that content marketing is shifting under our feet. Now, whether you're a founder listening to this or you run revenue and or marketing for the organization, I think it's imperative to understand that what worked last year isn't necessarily what's going to work in the future. And I'll, I'll give a kind of a preface to this story. So I felt like I was late to the game to LinkedIn carousels. I would tell the team, hey, team, we need to be making LinkedIn carousels. This is as LinkedIn is pulling away from LinkedIn carousels. I came to the team this January and I said, we need to hire a videographer on site for me in Toronto. I want to do more of those walking and talking and these vlogs. And Nazmul came to me and said, well, actually, the data is showing that there's a new style, which is you probably noticed, where it appears like somebody is a guest on a podcast and there's a camera filming the podcast being filmed, but it's like another person's vantage into um, a boardroom or into a podcast studio. You're getting a different perspective on something that's already being recorded. And that's becoming really popular on YouTube, on TikTok, on LinkedIn. That myself, my God. And that's why I wanted to bring this topic forward, is that the content that we have been producing in the past, maybe you used to be really strong as I was with webinars. When was the last time you went to or saw or participated in a webinar? They've all changed. And so the purpose of this podcast is to recognize that change is inevitable and that you need to build a team around it. And here lies the rub or here lies the problem. The problem is you have very high fixed operating expenses. I'm making an assumption here in marketing. You already have a marketing team that's driving a boat in a certain direction. You know in your heart of hearts that you want to experiment with new mediums, new styles. Um, you want to tackle new content marketing strategies, but your current team doesn't have the capacity, doesn't have the skill set, and or is unwilling to change from what they know works for themselves. And this in lies the opportunity. So I'm going to pass it to Nazmul. We've been helping teams with content marketing and social media. Nazmul, first talk about what you're seeing changing in the market, and then we can bring it forward to how a marketing support team, a content marketing support team, can change the trajectory of an organization. So I'll leave it to you. Yeah, absolutely, Jamie. So the main topic is content marketing for 2024, if I, if I had to put it simply. Now, just to give you some kind of background, like why am I even talking about it? Um, our channel gained more than a million views within the last six months or so. So I know what I'm talking about when it comes to content, right? Uh, what we have seen post-COVID, so, so we have seen a drastic uh, shift in terms of the kind of content people were consuming while we had COVID. Post-COVID, things have changed drastically. So during COVID, we, we saw a rise in podcasts and there were different kind of uh, videos that we were watching. And pre-COVID, we, uh, we even saw a, a rise in vlogs, like you know the, the one that you were talking about, people walking and talking or showing their 
showing their daily life, like what they're doing. But in 2024, what we have seen is that people don't care about what's going on in your life kind of stuff anymore. Now they consume those kind of vlogs to get to be entertained, if, if, if I had to put it that way, and not to learn something new. But we know for a fact YouTube is world's second largest um, um, search engine. So 2024 overall content marketing, it has shifted drastically. How? Pre-COVID, what happened was people were watching vlogs, people were getting entertained a lot more. And during COVID, we saw, we saw a rise in podcasts. Funny enough, people got tired of listening to podcasts and I, we had no idea that it would happen. Podcasts were so important, like so, so important that YouTube even had a different button for podcasts itself. It became that important overall. But post-COVID, now people usually do not want to listen to a podcast unless it's actually giving them some kind of value, unless the person within the podcast or the guest within the podcast is a subject matter expert. So that's that's what's going on with the with the podcast stuff. Um, the other thing is people are not watching vlogs a lot more than they used to. Uh, vlogs where uh, vlogs nowadays people consider it as uh, something to watch while they want to get entertained because if you think about it like what is a vlog? Most of the time the vlog is where I am showing what's going on in my life, but do people really care about my life? They don't. Like people care about their own life, the things they want to learn, things that they're interested in. And that's where we also saw a drastic decrease in popularity of vlogs. So what's working right now more than anything else is videos kind of like this, where somebody is talking about something very specific and there are problems, there are solutions, there are steps that others can take that will really help them in, in their personal life or business. So that's kind of, uh, that, that's the kind of content that's working right now having yeah and it's being just really quickly it's being served to you in a form of shorts so these yeah. are one minute one minute 30 videos that are right. step it's like and if you think about how they're described these videos sound like what is the situation what is the problem or the opportunity and what is the resolution and you as right. the viewer are taking away a snackable insight that you can deploy in your business yeah Right. One thing to add, though, we do not always know what's going to work for you. OK, so here comes the bad news to test things. We need to spend money to test things. Right. But how much can you spend nowadays uh, to test something? Once you figure out, like, oh, this is working for me, you or the company, anybody wants to spend a lot of money once you figure out what's working. But how do you even figure out what's working? You mm -hmm. have to test. And that's where offshoring comes in. Why is that? Because when you hire an onshore team, when you hire on-site team, you have to, uh, you know, give them machines. You have to give give them good salary. That's when testing becomes very expensive. And we also know um, agencies in U.S. or Canada they charge a lot more money. So, for example, I'll give you a tiny example. If you're thinking of, hey, maybe, maybe, to test it out, let's see if animation works for us, right? For our kind of viewers do our viewers really like animations? You go to uh, an agency in, in, in California, they're going to charge you $5,000, $10,000 per video, right? So to test, to even to test, you have to spend fifty dollars to $100,000 like if the animation kind of videos will work for us. But you don't have that kind of money to just test in 2024. It's really hard. 
That's where offshoring comes in because things are so affordable. At the same time, we produce such quality videos or any other kind of content that we're talking about. You can test things. You can say, hey, for the next two months or even one month, we are going to test this. Oh, it's not working. Move on. We are going to test something else. Oh, that's not working. Maybe move on and work, you know, try something else. And then maybe we figure, oh, the third one actually is working. So this testing phase, I think, is very, very important. And look, with all respect, like I'm not the, I, I should not be saying um, a vlog should not work for you, like whoever you are watching, right? You should test it for yourself and then see if it's working or not. Or these kind of videos, uh, you know, we call it talking head videos. So these kind of videos where you are just in front of the camera and, and you're talking about a specific thing, you can test it or animation, you can test it. That's where Offshore comes in. You can test out different kind of content and see exactly what's going on or what's working for you and your industry. What, what are your thoughts, Jamie? Yeah, so I actually had this real life scenario. So 10 years ago, um, as my first company, Sales for Life, started to expand and really pioneering the topic of social selling, we were told that we should create a couple minute animated video that sits at the front of our homepage that describes here is the, you know, here's the market, here's the problem or opportunity, here's the resolution, and it drives people a call to action to Sales for Life. And the video actually was based on this concept of Fred and Sally. And Fred was like Fred Flintstone, and he was stuck in his traditionalist way of cold calling and emailing. And then there was Sally who deployed social selling throughout their sales organization. And the team was using LinkedIn and Twitter and video to be able to become a magnet for customers to draw in towards themselves and uh, outperformed Fred's sales organization. That video cost $5,000 10 years ago. And that is the highest. Now you can still find it on YouTube. You go to Sales for Life's old YouTube channel and you look at this Fred and Sally video, it's, it looked like Fred Flintstone. That is by far the highest performing asset that we ever created. The problem is we couldn't afford to replicate making videos like that because we didn't have an offshore social media content team that was a full stack team that could produce content like this all the time. Now I look at what we're doing for customers right now. We have an entire package that builds an entire team from everything from video editor to copywriter to social media manager. So it's an entire, think of the, the sales process or the, sorry, the production process. And they're creating multiple animated videos every month. And so now, Assuming the customer likes that style, they're not one and done like I was. They're producing this all the time and they're taking it off of pillared assets. So what they're doing is they're taking a large, meaty, chunky asset like a research paper. And then I call it turkey slicing. They're then slicing that asset, asset up to be uh, a series of blogs, a newsletter. Uh, it could be an infographic but as well animated videos that tell the story of that centralized piece. But they're able to do this replicated every single month. And so now 
If you think about in sales, we talk about getting more at bats is how you figure out if you're if you have product market fit. How do you improve your your demo uh, win rates and conversions? Well, you need to have enough at bats, enough sales qualified leads, enough meetings to be able to test your demo, to be able to test your qualification questions, to be able to uh, test your discovery process. And once you have dozens or hundreds of these meetings, you refine your sales story. And your sales story can then be cookie-cutted throughout a sales organization. Well, the same thing goes with marketing. If you're, you need to be able to deploy a, a SEAL team to be able to test assumptions. I want to do more podcasts. I want to do more animated videos. Well, your existing team doesn't have the capacity, the, the throughput, doesn't have the, the knowledge to be able to do five of these every month so that you can test enough assumptions to figure out what is works for you or doesn't work. So you never even try. And so you miss out on all of these opportunities because you're just never going to get into market. And if you do, you maybe make one video, you make a wild assumption based on the results of that one video. That's not enough testing to figure out if this is your style or if this is the medium you're going to go with. Yeah, yeah. Just wanted to add like two more things. One, right now, quantity is the is the king. Like, why do we have a story that will disappear in 24 hours? That's what people now want. And that and 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 platforms are recognizing it, recognizing it now. And and they, they had this function where the videos will disappear in 24 hours. So right now is the time of quantity. Of course, quality will matter. Well, the same is always there. Think of it yeah, as yeah. table stakes. Yeah. Right. Right. But but we have to hit quantity. Last thing I want to uh, I want to finish this with is one of the biggest content marketer of the world right now is Gary Vaynerchuk, as we as we all know, right? He himself. This is one of the things what he said. He was asked, if I'm not wrong, that hey, what what is the one piece of advice you have somebody who wants to do content marketing or anything that has to do with content? What is the one piece of advice? This is what he said. Again, I hope I'm not wrong. He said, whoever can produce content at the lowest cost will win. Whoever will, will be able to create content at lowest cost will win. The reason behind it, you have to keep producing content. It's not like that anymore where we just make one really good quality content and that's it for a month, right? We have to hit the quantity. And the only way to win is keeping the cost so low that it doesn't hurt your revenue. So it's so that you feel and you know for a fact that you will be more, making a lot more money because of how much money you are spending. And the only way to do it, if I'm not wrong, is offshoring. <laughs> With that, Jamie. Exactly. Yeah. Well, there's a the call to action. Um, so I highly recommend if you're a founder, CEO, chief revenue, chief marketing officer listening to this, uh, share this podcast. Let your fellow revenue enabling leaders know that your sales and marketing support costs, they're another lever to be played with, right? There are sales and marketing tools, there's methodologies and processes, but in fact, your operating expenses, your operating leverage is another competitive advantage for you. So please share this podcast with your fellow friends, subscribe to our content. We're really trying to improve the go-to-market motion within organizations to think creatively and differently and offshoring is that competitive advantage. Uh, so with that, Nazmul and I are going to sign out. 
This is Offshore to Profits. Mm-hmm.